Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our visions of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. When I wanted to start a podcast, I had no clue what I was doing. And I made so many mistakes along the way that I just wish I knew about earlier. I wish someone told me these things earlier. And so what I've done is I have prepared a completely free resource for everybody. It's called Podcast University. It solves for all of the unknown variables when it comes to starting your show or even taking your show to the next level. I talk about in a very, very concise manner. It's very quick to read what microphones to use, what headphones to use, what software you should use to record your remote interviews, and the microphones that you should use to record in-person interviews as well what software you should use to edit your show, what branding assets you need to take advantage of, where to host your podcast, like how do you get it on Apple and Spotify and everywhere else. I've got it all there for you on Podcast University. Again, completely free, and you can go to jordanparis.com slash P-U to get your show off the ground, take it to the next level, avoid all of the stress of figuring it out on your own. Podcasting has absolutely changed my life, and I know it will do the same for you. Now, one last thing before we get into it today, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Everything we do here is to help you, to help you learn so that you can do all that you were created to do so that you can maximize your potential and who you are. As cliche as that sounds, we have interviews with New York Times bestselling authors and really just the most successful people in the world. Every single week, two times a week, we have those interviews. So we don't want you to miss it. Make sure you go do that. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. My guest today is Ryan White. Ryan is a seven-figure digital entrepreneur, influencer, investor, press contributor, and speaker. Ryan founded the social media marketing agency Social Revelation, which helps business businesses and personal brands increase their digital footprint and brand awareness online. Ryan's company manages the social media strategy for several seven to eight-figure earners who are top performers within their industry. He has curated a personal online network around 500,000 people from all over the world. Ryan White, welcome to the show. I appreciate you for having me, man. I'm stoked to be here. Of course. You just got married recently. Is that true? I did, man. March 9th. It was the best day of my life thus far. So yeah, man, super stoked about that. Congratulations. I appreciate it, man. Mm. 
Fantastic. So you've got a huge social following all over the interwebs, the social media world. How did you, what were you doing before you had a huge social following? Yeah, man. So back in 2017, um, I was still in the baseball world. So a lot of people kind of know me from the baseball world. I was doing private baseball instruction and coaching. Um, I started doing that back in 2013 after my college playing days ended back in 2012. So from 2013 to 2017, I was very heavily involved with a top two top three travel organization in the country. And man, I I was training, you know, 40 to 50 kids personally each and every week. And so I kind of before, you know, I guess all the Insta fame, if you will, um, you know, that was kind of my bread and butter, my passion, my love. And, you know, I was actually in a good place there. You know, I enjoyed doing that. And so kind of the way that that my story plays out is, you know, I was asked being the youngest guy in the organization to kind of take over the social media strategy for this company. And I started basically playing around, doing a lot of research to eventually I was getting some pretty good traction and results with them. And then not naturally, you know, being always thinking bigger, being kind of a big thinker, I started going, okay, well, if I can do this for them, why can I not replicate these same results for me? Let's see what'll happen. And so it got to a point where, you know, I was still doing my lessons, but after the lessons would end, say eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, I would spend the remainder of my evenings, you know, till two or three o'clock in the morning, just split testing and studying people who were killing it. And trying this same stuff kind of on my own personal branding. And it got to a point where I was growing like 10,000 new followers per month. So then naturally from there, you know, I started to attract a lot of attention and people reaching out saying, hey, can you help me? But doing what? Attracting 10,000 new followers a month? Like, like how do they, they don't just... Right. They don't just come by doing nothing. Right. For sure. For sure. So obviously I'll stay away from proprietary stuff, but the most most basic concept here is, you know, I was a baseball guy posting baseball specific content on my feed. So, you know, the question that everyone must ask themselves is where are the people who would be interested in what I have to offer? Right. And so for me, it was just asking that basic question and then, you know, figuring out that accounts like at Major League Baseball, right, at MLB and accounts like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, that the people following those pages, the millions already are kind of pre-labeled to be interested in baseball. So the whole idea is if I can basically put out, you know, quality enough content's key, right? So content's king. We have to remember that. We can't post trash. But if I get my my content to be where it's very, very value-driven and associated around my niche, then when I go basically and interact within this target community, being the followers of, you know, the Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Major League Baseball accounts, it would create awareness, right, and curiosity back towards my page, people asking me, well, who is this guy? And there would be an instant connection there because they would obviously resonate with the type of content and value I'm putting out. So I started doing that. And I was doing that in heavy, 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 massive action, as Grant Cardone talks about all the time. I mean, I was literally spending hours a day doing this stuff and talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people on a daily basis outside of my full-time job. And so, you know, just from the law of numbers, man, when you put that amount of time into something and basically, you know, your content and your strategy aligns with the people who are also interested in that same strategy and, and, and content and niche, you're going to have conversions. And that's what happened for me. Was the goal more to gain the social following rather than create relationships? A hundred percent in the beginning. You know, every mm-hmm. business I feel like as as it gets bigger, you know, your 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 values, your ideals, and where you think it can go change. And so that definitely happened for me. Um, back when I started Social Revelation, before I even had the Social Revelation name, I was honestly just trying to get you know, more followers on my account. I'll be real. You know, I was like everyone else, you know, I was trying to basically generate social proof and get more eyeballs on my stuff. And so that's, we started basically as a follower growth service, right? That was originally where I thought the value was for people because everyone reaching out was like, Hey, can you grow my account? 
Well, then it got to be kind of down the road as we started reaching out and taking on other accounts like businesses who are like, hey, can this work to generate me an ROI for my e-commerce brand? Then we started split testing and realizing I had a, I had a testimonial from a client who was a streetwear clothing line and they sold obviously through Instagram and they had an online store and that sort of thing. And I remember they came on and he actually wrote me up a testimonial and he said, dude, I want to write this testimony for you simply because what you've able to, what you've been able to do for my account in two weeks is crazy. Like not only have you scaled me like 10,000 followers, but I'm seeing literally a, a, a double or triple increase in my website traffic. And you know, I've actually went from say t- 10 sales from Instagram to 20 to 30 every single week. So it was in that moment where my mind kind of shifted from going after individuals and, and I started to go, hey, maybe we, we can go after businesses who businesses have a larger budget to work with anyway than most average you know, individual trying to get to 10,000 followers. So let's go after the businesses, gener- help them generate an ROI, and we'll be able to scale this thing and, and basically increase our asking price. And so that was kind of where the mind sh- shift changed from, hey, not only are we a follower-based subscription service, but it moved from we're actually a targeted lead generation service. And as a byproduct of the, that traffic flow, you get an increase in followers, you get an increase in website traffic, you get an increase in sales, and you get an increase in engagement. So all of those things started to come into play. And so we started to kind of stem it as targeted lead gen. Absolutely. And I want to highlight here that you're not breaking the cardinal rule. Don't sell to people who don't have money. As you had mentioned, you started targeting real businesses and focusing on lead generation and not just followers for vanity sake, but for actual lead generation. Like, So that goes, though, with saying that you probably have to have those it would be wise if you're going to be growing your Instagram following or whatever platform of your cho- of, that you choose that you should probably have systems set up on the back end where you're you know, or some sort of lead magnet, right? You have to have something For of sure. value that you're offering. For sure. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, a lot of people that get great results. I mean, of course, there are a million different ways in which you can monetize, you know, social media, you know, whether it be, you know, Instagram or Facebook. I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, we've seen people do swipe ups, you know, to a landing page and they capture emails and they have this whole email marketing thing. We've seen people swipe up, you know, straight to a direct basically conversion page where they're actually trying to sell you a product. Um, you know, so again, from email list building literally to, you know, s- selling directly online to cultivating an audience, right? And even, you know, the, the whole Instagram or Facebook and YouTube lives now that you can kind of give like a behind the scenes look into your business. So you're kind of getting more personalized. You know, we as humans thrive on connection. So it's it's going beyond the logo, right? Going beyond the name. And so I feel like with social media, it gives you a valid chance to do that. So something that I see from a consumer's perspective, I mean, because we're all consumers of social media in one form or another, but people are getting bombarded with these ads and swipe up. Do you think that these are, and I feel like people are tuning them out. So you have to, do you have to be really strategic with how you differentiate yourself? Like what are, what are the types of content that you, that you focus on? For sure. Well, videos are known to convert more than, say, an image with text overlay. Um, at the same time, everything that you post on your story can't be, you know, a swipe up, swipe up, go get this, go get that. You can't be an affiliate for every brand, as I tell oh, people. I know people um, like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and it just, you know, you're basically your page and your promotional spot becomes less valuable because you're giving it away to everyone. And so for me, like, 
brands that I partner with, matter of fact, if you go through my feed, I'm very strategic about what I put on as a feed post on my page. So when you see one, odds are I truly believe in that brand. I probably stand behind the same virals that that, uh, you know, or values that that company has. Um, I work with Major League Baseball on, on a couple things back when they run campaigns. And so again, that resonates though originally with what my passion is, right? Coming from a baseball background. So for me, I try to give value, value, value before I ever try to throw a right hook. You know what I mean? And so I try, if you're going to do the swipe up, that's fine. But you, let's just say if you want a general like guide, if you will, I tell people, you know, you want six to eight posts for every ad spot on your feed. And you could use the same thing for a story. You need to be posting at least six to eight valuable stories before you actually do, you know, a swipe up trying to take them somewhere else. Now, that's completely different if I'm if you're like offering them a free ebook where it's genuinely going to give them value. But if you're literally trying to go for a direct sale, you need to space that out because eventually people's going to stop opening your stories altogether. Right. And I see that a lot with, you know, some of these like niche pages, like these food pages and stuff where all they do is monetize through other brands, paying them to reach their audience. I just see a lot of that stuff not convert as well because, you know, not only did they take your money for your brand, but they also are going to promote five brands right behind you. And so it just really takes away from, you know, you getting the best bang for your buck. Such a great point, you know, and you mentioned the the jab, 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 right hook, you know, should definitely, there's got to be jabs in there before you throw the right hook. In other words, it just sure. can't be, you can't be ask, 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 ask. The the stimuli becomes saturated, so to say, and it becomes, uh, the, it becomes extremely <laughs> ineffective. And I, and as I mentioned, I mean, I know people that are just asking, asking, asking. So right. I, yeah, like I know the people that represent all these different companies, but then, the, but then, the, and it's just like ask, ask, ask. It's just yeah. And it's like oh, my, and I just quick swipe out. You know, just exit. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and you see that a lot. And you know, I'm, I try to be very cautious now. If a brand comes to me, you know, I don't mind helping them out. You know, for a small fee. But you, again, you just have to be considerate of how much stuff you're putting out there. Uh, if you go three days in a row, you know, and you're promoting, you know, basically three different clothing lines that are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Like it's one thing to only promote clothing brands. Um, like for instance, I, I work with one that's it's called Affluence, and they're all really big on you know the entrepreneur life and and putting positive success quotes on T-shirts. And so for me, being you know from a motivational, inspirational, like entrepreneurship mindset. I love that. That fits hand in hand with what I'm doing currently, but I can't post that and then go post like this other streetwear company from, you know, Detroit or whatever, because it's just, it, it doesn't match up. And eventually, you know, my audience just gets tired of seeing that stuff. So um, you definitely have to be mindful. Right. So here's, here's a concern and we're going to put this to rest. So there are a lot of companies that grow your social following and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that that are fake, right? They they're like there's like these bots behind it, and and then sure. the, there's these social media like you know the engagement companies that it's just like it's it's fake. Do you so what what is the how how do we do this organically? Yeah, right? so I mean, well, again, a lot of the so you got to understand, like I've been in this you know for five six years now, and so everything's evolved into kind of what it is now, and you have a lot of pretenders out there, you know, because they see. The, 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 the lucrative financial opportunity. And so you have these people, they, they pop in, they try to get a piece of the pie and then they're out, right? And so for players who are legitimate, you know, like companies like ours and other companies that we've partnered with over the years, you know, it all started these engagements pods in an Instagram DM group, right? And it was limited to 15 people. 
And it was very much so just me oh, yeah, trying you, to help yeah, a brother I for, out. I forget. You and I are in the same one. I, I totally just forget that's how we met. <laughs> there you go. So, so my point <laughs> is, is, you know, that to me is considered more engagement because there's genuine feeling behind it. You're manually going in and, you know, hey, man, you're liking my photo. I'm liking yours. And then what happened was, is people realized, hey, I can only get 15 people in this thing. So let's move it to Telegram because there's unlimited users. And that's what happened. So I was in my very first one maxed out at 15 people and then they said hey let's move over here to telegram and then telegram basically you know you can scale it to i i have i know groups on there that literally have you know 8000 members inside one channel and they do basically rounds and engagement times all throughout the day and you can kind of pick and choose which one you want to be a part of but to me once you get to 8000 people it it kind of takes away that human connection because you know the comments that you're giving in a group of that magnitude is not going to be as quality as me going in to say the 15 people original people and dropping four to five words and actually taking time to actually see your your photo before right. I actually leave the comment and then what happened was is you know people got tired of investing so much time into these groups on Telegram so what you had next was someone created a bot as you said and the whole idea was you can now pay me a a subscription service and we'll drop your username in there and basically your account will like everyone's photos but it's not actually you doing it so now we're giving you your time freedom back so it went from again if we're following this model it went from you know the Instagram DM group to now we're in Telegram and everything's still manual now someone's created the system to where you can be a part of every every group during the day will just automate the activity for you. So your account will still be liking and you can receive from other people, but you're not actually having to invest hours into doing it. And now it's gotten to a point to where, you know, again, people have developed web apps. So now you don't even have to go to Telegram anymore. You just pay these companies and, you know, they, they hey, give me your username and your password. They plug you in. Right. And then when you post, basically between you know two minutes to 15 to 30 minutes after you post you drip feed all these likes in that are a part of this network and then at the same time in order to give back your account is also liking and comment so i'm trying to give you like the full model of how this thing basically scaled into what it is today and in that model there's yeah you're right there's hundreds there's thousands of these companies that provide this stuff and i would just say you got to be really careful about which ones you choose to get involved with simply because you know, you don't want to be associated with trash. You know, if you're affiliated with one of these companies that's dropping spammy comments and they're abusing the system and, you know, they're not abiding by the terms of use from Instagram, Facebook or whatever platform you're on, then that starts to kind of shed negative light on you. So it's really important that you're doing your part and doing your research on who you're working with. Certainly. I want to get into how to increase your follower count. But first, you know, why, why does this matter? I mean, it's not... It is a vanity metric, and then again, it's not because, as you had mentioned, a term that I use all the time, social proof. I think you can explain why that's important a lot more than I can. Why, why is social proof so important for your brand and business? For sure. Social proof is everything because, you know, in the digital world, we have a saying, if you build it, they'll believe it. Right. And then there's another kind of layer underneath that that says digital perception will become everyday reality. What does that mean? Well, that means like, let me give you a prime example being myself. You know, back in 2017, before I got involved with this, I had 1,300 followers. I'm throwing baseballs for a living. Right. You know, I, I, I didn't have the social proof to go and scale or basically maximize, you know, as, as basically as best as I could from my efforts. So let me give you an example. If I was to go, when I started out originally with 1,300 followers, it was a lot harder for me to convert, say, 100 people a day versus it is for me to now 
at almost 400,000 on Instagram and being verified, if I go do the same amount of workload, I'm going to have a better conversion rate because when people click back on my profile, they're going to see that I'm verified and this guy has 400K. So the social proof converts you into a follower. You see what I'm saying? So it's basically a leverage point. I say that social media proof is just as important as having digital PR. So press publications and and public relation is, they're kind of one in the same because you can basically control the image that you're putting out into the world. And basically you can control that first impression from how people see you the moment they go to your page. You can do the same thing by getting uh, an article on Forbes. When someone reads that article about you, they, ha- they draw basically an impression of you. Same thing when you go to my Instagram page and you say I'm verifiable 400K. The same conclusion can be drawn. And it's all about credibility. It's all about leverage. And the more of it you have, basically in my words, it shortens the sales process. So mm. if, I, if I went to you and I was trying to sell you on social revelation and I had 1,300 followers, that could be an hour phone conversation. The same conversation if we're walking down the side of the street together and you say, hey, man, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a social media marketer. If you're interested, I'd, be, I'd love to help you. Check this out. And I hand you a business card because I have them and I flip it over and I go, by the way, I'm also featured in Forbes and I write for them as well. You should check us out. We're a Forbes featured company. I can see it in people's eyes. Their mindset changes on the, literally that fast. And then, by the way, I go, oh, and, and while we're right here, let's go ahead. And instead of asking me, they go, hey, man, what's your what's your social media handle? And I go, bring your phone out. And the moment <laughs> we go to Instagram, I say, type in Ryan. And they go, Ryan, what? I go, it'll pop up. And, and I said, yep, it's right there. It's the verified account. And they click on it and they see 400K. Boom. I just <laughs> sold you within about a minute and 30 seconds. So what used to take me, say, an hour to probably have a phone conversation with you, I just sold you in about a minute and a half. So all of the social proof and the credibility from the follower count, from the verification, from the digital PR has now shortened my sales process. I agree. Yeah, you don't have to talk. You don't have to persuade the other person that you're legitimate. Exactly. The proof, the proof is in the pudding and then it's from a third party source. It's exactly. Not, it's, it's much more believable too. It's, that's fantastic. I'm in full agreement or... What's the word? Not agree. Oh, agreement. That's that's it. <laughs> there you go. There you funny, go. But yeah, man, man, it. Uh, I've seen it change lives. I mean, even even me. Um, you know, again, if you just look at how. I mean, I, I'll just you know call a spade a spade, dude. I, my wife, okay, met her on Instagram. No okay? way. Sent her no an Instagram way. DM. No, not kidding. Okay. Matter of fact, we're gonna start vlogging. And a lot of people don't know that, but my wife, I first time I'd never met her. I sent her an Instagram DM, which no was not common. I took like a leap of faith with that. And so my wife and my career and my livelihood has all come from this one platform. So you go back two years ago, I mean, dude has changed my life. I mean, the social credibility and and the audience base and the eyeballs has literally taken me from a nine to five job to fast forward two years. Now I'm a seven figure earner. You can see obviously I work from home. And, you know, I've married my best friend and, you know, I drive a six figure car. So it can change lives if you know how to do it and take advantage of the opportunities. Outstanding, brother. Is there an unhealthy part of social media, though? A hundred percent, man. It it gets tough. It can draw you in. Matter of fact, um, my wife and I kind of have to keep each other in check because doing this for a living you know, from the moment I wake up, I'll be honest with you, you would freak out if you saw my iPhone statistics on how much I'm actually on my phone. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Oh, if hold I'm- on, hold on. So I did, I don't know if you know, 
I don't know if you know, we rate dogs, 8 million followers on Twitter. And then, uh-huh. so this kid, this 22 year old kid, Matt Nelson runs it. And we did, uh, I, I had him bring up his screen time and it was nine hours and 58 minutes. Are you willing to take that challenge as well? He was very vulnerable and I'm, I'm very vulnerable <laughs> as well. I, I'll, I'll play this game too. I mean, my screen time on my phone is three hours and 10 minutes per day which is not great but then my computer is about 45 hours per week so you add that up and that's about 70 hours in a week wow that's pretty impressive well i'm looking at at mine my average screen time per day for the last seven days is six hours and 40 minutes and 16 hours 16 hours and 50 minutes was on messages me actually like on my phone talking to people so 17 hours actually on the phone messaging people and almost seven hours a day i spend on this thing um, and I'm, and, and, and don't get me wrong, Instagram, you're going to find this funny. My Instagram is actually only 53 minutes. What? So th- what, what I mean by that is when I get on Instagram, when, when I tell people that I get on there with a business mindset, I don't scroll through Instagram. I do not use Instagram for pleasure. I get on with a very specific purpose. I make my posts. I respond to my direct messages. I make the calls that I need to make and, and I get off of it. But you won't ever find me scrolling. And that, this is a prime example. Out of six to seven hours a day, I'm only on Instagram for less than an hour. Um, meaning that, you know, I, I have, and, and when you have a very clear direction on what you're doing when you get on the platform, you can't get stuck, right? So I know that I'm going to get on, I'm going to make my posts, I'm going to reply to my DMs, I'm going to give value to, to, to three people every single day in my DMs, and then I'm going to get off. And that allows me to be a lot more efficient off of the platform. But to go back to your original question, yeah, when you do this, man, it is very easy to kind of get trapped in, you know, we wake up first thing we want to grab every day is our phone. So you have to have a a morning routine, which involves me kind of getting away from that. You know what I mean? And having an opportunity to take care of myself first in the morning before I ever pick this thing up. So love it. Yeah. Create some boundaries to curb the unhealthiness of social media for sure. So creating a following. Okay. What are some of the ways that the average person with, say, a thousand followers can do that? For sure, I think it goes back to kind of what I originally said. Number one, you you have to un- you have to figure out how do you want to be perceived. It goes back to that first image. Like for me personally, I want to be considered as a as a digital marketing social media expert, right? So when you go to my page within three seconds, you should understand you know that I am an expertise in that field. So in order to kind of match and line all that up. If you know, even if you're at a thousand followers, you have to get real clear cut on your your positioning. Okay, so your bio needs to align up with whatever it is that you're trying to go and do. You need to start making sure number one before you go start seeking people and and interacting with your target audience, your content has to align with that. You know, if I go and I basically interact with those people in the baseball world, but they come back to my page and see that I'm po- posting nothing but motorcycles, it's probably not going to convert very well, right? So I have to first control my image. I have to do some homework on who it is that I am, self-reflect. And then once I know the answer to that, go present yourself and take care of your profile, number one. Once you have the bio, you know, in a resume type format, okay, because that's what I tell people is your bio is your resume. So if you're a seven-figure earner, put it in there. If you've gotten an award, put it in there, right? It Anything that is that you would put on a resume type thing or, or speak to someone and when they've asked you what are the highlights of your life, put it on there. And then, you know, again, Align your content with that and then ask yourself, where are those people that would be interested in what I'm doing? And you have to identify other major players in your area. If you're a brick and mortar, it's your area, right? If it's, uh, you know, an e-commerce brand or you're, you know, just trying to grow your personal page, 
what niche are you in? And find the major players in that niche and go and basically interact with the people, you know, who are already kind of following the big players. So wouldn't it make sense for me, you know, to go and, and, and interact with the followers of Bryce Harper when I already know there's millions of people there who are already interested in baseball. So it's kind of like for me, if I want to go fishing, why would I go to the ocean? Right. If I'm looking to eat fish tonight, I'm not going to go to the ocean. That's a big ocean. It probably take me a few hours to catch my fish. I'm going to go to the fish farm where I can walk by and they're all sitting right there and I'm going to scoop them up as I'm walking by. It's going to save me a lot. You know, it's going to save me a lot of time and I'm going to be a lot more efficient. So you need to think of the same thing. If you are a boutique owner and you're selling clothes through your your online boutique, then go identify because there are other online boutiques with a million plus followers selling $100,000 a month or more. Go find those accounts and interact with the people who are already following that boutique that kind of sells similar product as you and get those eyeballs to come back to your page. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's stealing people's followers, but in essence, you know, they've already done all the work for you. So now you just have to go dive into that audience base and generate that traffic flow back to you. It's relatively simple. And then, you know, obviously once they get there, value, 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 value. I can't stress on value enough. Take time to invest into your content. You know, um, people like connection. So do stories, even if you can't post, right? Every single day, I tell people you want to post at least once every three days, three times a week, bare minimum, if you want to see traction, Okay. But if you can't post as consistently, the one thing that you can do is it takes you, you know, 15 to 20 seconds to upload a story every day. So leverage your stories, leverage Instagram lives, leverage Facebook lives, YouTube lives, just to give people that personal connection that's going to take your relationship to the next level. And once you earn people's trust and they can connect with you as an individual, then you have a better opportunity to actually sell them something. When I was just starting out, you'll appreciate this. I, w- I wanted to be a personal trainer working for myself over two years ago. And I, you know, uh, with some, with no experience, I wasn't getting, I, did, I wasn't getting clients. So what I did, I found this CrossFit Instagram page in my area and I followed about 1500 people who followed that page. I actually, I followed so many people in a short time span that I actually got banned from following. Okay. And some of them, some of them followed me back, you know, not, not a ton, not a ton at all. And, you know, a couple of them must have clicked my website and one of them out of the 1500 filled out my contact form on my website. And that was my first client. And I actually, I, I'm still, I'm very good friends with him today. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, it's, how I, it's how I did it. And then when I unfollowed everyone, I got, I, I unfollowed so many people that I, that I got banned <laughs> <laughs> for, for 24 awesome. hours, for 24 hours. Just, I got you. Yeah. Just from the, doing that from, just from unfollowing. I, I, I wasn't allowed to unfollow for 24 hours. Not, not banned from the entire right. platform, but. Right. But yeah, yeah, man. I mean, so again, you know, it you, works. you put massive action into something and you got tangible results because again, it's, it's all law of numbers. And then, you know, it's just taking your situation, identifying the people that are also have similar interests as you. And then go in and basically interact with whoever that is. And, you know, if you do that enough times, you're going to get a yes eventually. Yeah. And I guess I what I could have done, too, is I could have been more proactive and sent messages myself. And I would have gotten many, much more results probably, right? Of, of course. Yeah. I mean, the more personalized you can get to someone, the more value. Again, value is everything. You find the value, you find the money, you know. The value that you give out to your audience base is directly correlated with the amount of money that will flow your way. Okay, People like to be served. So we have to approach the situation as serve first, you know, and then obviously down the road, you will be compensated for your efforts of serving 
but you can't go in looking for someone to give you something right off the bat. Okay. So we got to come in with a serve first attitude and then give value to that individual or individuals, however many we're reaching out to. And what's going to, what's going to happen is, you know, oh, if you reach enough people and drive enough value, your revenues are going to increase for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we had alluded to some of the things that people do wrong. They go ask, 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 you know, right hook, right hook, right hook, ask after ask. And are there any other areas where newbies may go wrong when they're trying to grow a following? Is there anything else to be aware of or no? Yeah, I would definitely say again, you know, if we're making a list here, um, you know, just be careful about what you put on your resume being your bio. Make sure you stay consistent, obviously. Um, and, I, and once you've identified, you know, who you are, make sure we're being consistent and sticking to that on, on our actual feed. You know, we can get, if you don't have structure, it's very easy to get sporadical. So, you know, to kind of recap what I do, you know, I break my columns down into three different kind of categories. One being my personal life, one being kind of the value uh, templates we use from interviews like this to give people kind of value snippets. And then, you know, the third one being like my professional images that I do, headshots, articles I get, et cetera. So professional, personal, and then, you know, value driven. And because I have that that theme, right, and that strategy in place, it leaves less room for me to get off the trail, right? So it, it's harder for me to get sporadical because I have a certain theme that I'm putting on my page. So, you know, maybe you can use a tactic like this in order to keep yourself accountable so that you are being consistent because consistency is key in no matter what we do. So again, just make sure you are posting consistent, consistently as well. And so, like I said, if you're someone who hasn't posted, you know, in the last two weeks to a month, odds are your, your account has, has very little room for exposure to other accounts and therefore your, you know, your follower account, it's gonna be really hard for you to grow. I tell people all the time, you know, if you're not posting, the only way you can be found is if someone types in, you know, your name. Whereas if you're posting and you're proper, properly utilizing hashtags and maybe even some of these engagement pods that are legitimate, right, with ones that you've created like we talked about earlier, then there are several other ways in which you can now be identified. People can search for you, number one. Number two, people can find you on their feed because you just posted. Number three, people can find you in 30 different hashtags if you're using you know, your hashtag optimization correctly because Instagram allows you 30 tags, right? So, you know, again, use those. That's number. That's the third way, you know, that people can find you is through your tags. And then, you know, number four is if your post does happen to hit explore page, people can find you there and more, you're more inclined to actually go viral by people tagging other people in the photo if it's value driven. And so, you know, now we're hitting four and five different ways in which your account can be found and therefore people can have the opportunity to follow your page which leaves more room for you to grow. So if we're not posting on the, on the application, we have the one way we can, we can grow. And if we are posting consistently, we have the, the four or five, six different ways in which we can grow. So it just makes sense that if growing is your number one, you know, kind of goal end goal, then you need to make sure you're taking advantage of, of staying active on it daily. Love it, brother. Before we wrap up here, do you have just one more power tip, one more power tool for people to use? For sure. Um, I'd say with stories, I get a, a lot of times people ask me, hey, how can I get more views on my stories? Um, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, number one, you know, the quick, the quick, easy way is be more consistent in your posting. Okay. Number two, 
you know, it is actually proven that if you do more Instagram lives, oh. Instagram, you basically rank up in the algorithm and they'll show your stories to more people. So if you want to immediately kind of get a quick turnaround on more story views, go live more often, you'll rank up and Instagram will show you to more people because they can, they look, they, Instagram live is such a new feature, right? Um, that they're trying to reward those that take advantage of using the new feature because they want people to, to obviously use anything new that they spend time to come out with and develop. Um, the third thing being you can actually use hashtags in your stories the same way you can on a post and not many people know that. So like when, let me give you an example. If I was to post a picture of, you know, social revelation, I take a picture of social revelation, I put it up on my story. I can actually put hashtag, let's just say, you know, social media, social media marketing, digital marketing. I could put entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, and I can literally put you know, tags in there. I mean, I use like 10 to 15 every single time. And then you want to shrink them down with your fingers. So make them super, 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 super small. And then you can swipe up again and add a geolocation. So I'm going to put Atlanta, Georgia as well. And I'm going to shrink that down real small. Okay. And then I'm going to place both of these things on an area in which I can swipe up and use a sticker or a poll or anything like that, that basically I can mask the fact that that's there. So those tags and that geolocation is actually going to work the same way, but you'll never see it once you click on my story. But yet, you know, I, I did this one time um, the other day, first time I actually tried it, I ranked like for one of the top hits for that, for like hashtag entrepreneurship. And I literally like tripled my story views just from that one hashtag. I mean, dude, I had over 20,000 story views that in addition to what I normally get, just from using this little tip and trick. Um, another cool little thing that's, that's fun is like, you know, like when you click on um, the font and you type it in and you get like the little colors on the bottom that pop up and there's like six of them. Oh yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. the red, yellow. Yep. If you actually long press one of those colors and pull up, you'll, it'll actually open the whole range of colors and you can slide it and actually choose the exact color that you want as I, well. I did see that once. So, and there's also a way too to use those colors and, and tap on the background and it'll change the whole background exactly to that color too. So that those are kind of some little cool s- story tricks that not a lot of people know about. Um, but the main one in terms of getting actually eyeballs on your story is definitely the geolocation and the hashtags and then masking that or hiding them with like a sticker. Love it. Yeah. I've used the hashtags before, but, and I've only used one and it's gotten me, you know, depending on the hashtag, it's gotten me results, but it never really occurred to me until you said it just now. I was like, huh, I should use a lot more than a lot just more than one. one. Yeah, exactly. And, and and then I can I can vouch for the fact that Instagram likes people who use all of the features. I've heard that many times over the years. They like people who use their features for sure. that that they take time to develop. Of right? course. So and you rank up in the algorithm. It makes a lot of sense. Of course. So Ryan, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs and the social media. For sure. So I have a personal website. It's just officialryanwhite.com. And of course, if you want to connect with me on Instagram, my handle is just at Ryan White. And if you do reach out um, to me there, I do have it like a part of my daily schedule where I do go through my DM. So if you do DM me, you will. Um, I will definitely see it. And I try to respond to as many of them as I can. If you want to shoot me an email, you can shoot that over to my team at staff at officialryanwhite.com and they'll make sure they get it over to me. Amazing. Ryan, my final question, since this podcast is about learning the lessons that we should have learned in school but didn't, what we've talked about a lot of things today, but if you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? What would you distill your lessons down into? What would you call that course? What would I call the course? Yeah, what would you call the course? Yeah. Um, I would probably, 
That's a good question, but it would probably be something around like personal development and positive thinking, because I just know like your, our thoughts control our actions. And so if we want to make a change, obviously in our actions and eventually our lifestyle, it first starts from within. So everything that we do, I heard a statistic that, you know, that, that actually Duke did research that 40% of a person's daily actions are actually habitual. So, and how do we create habits? That all starts from the way that we think, right? And thinking, as we know, is, is an actual act, is an action, you know, because it involves asking us questions and answering those questions. And so, again, if we want to, you know, change our lifestyle or create more success for us, it starts internally. And I just think personal development and then controlling our mind to where we're putting positivity into our mind versus negativity, um, you know, negativity being limiting beliefs and stuff like that. Like we first, I, I heard a quote the other day that we, we can't acquire something that we have not yet, you know, accepted or chosen to believe. Meaning, our minds must first, you know, think that we can make a hundred million dollars a year before we actually create the space mentally and subconsciously to be able to go and do that. So, you know, if I don't first realize or think that I am capable of making that amount of money, the, the reality is you'll never make that amount of money. So, it, again, it would probably be something with personal development and positive thinking. Yep, I've talked about that. You know, if you don't think you're going to make that amount of money, you're never, I mean, you're, you're straight up not going to. It's what, you know, a friend of mine, Ron Malhotra, a friend of the podcast too, would call a psychological barrier to wealth, really. So, For sure. Ryan White, you are the man. Thank you very much. We crushed it. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. That was super fun, and I know we'll do more things in the future. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, there are a couple of ways that you can give back. The first is, of course, to leave an honest rating and review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can also take a screenshot of this and share it out on your Instagram story and tag me at j underscore Paris underscore and tag our guest as well and we will absolutely give you some love and then of course if you want to start your own podcast a podcast like this or any other podcast that you envision you can go to jordanparis.com slash pu to get free access to podcast university all right i love you all so very much and until next time my friends make every day count Live to learn and grow to give.